What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 46 of the Whatnots Review Show. My name is Kyla Springer. That's Melissa Wilkinson. It sure is. Yeah. Melissa, how are you? What's, I'm good what's today. What's going on? Yeah. I baked a cake this weekend. You baked more cake? I did it again. I made a s'mores cake for my mom's birthday. It is a cake made with graham cracker crumbs, and it has a chocolate marshmallow buttercream. And in between the two layers of cake is, like, golden buttery toasted graham cracker oh. crumbs and, like, drizzled dark chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm proud of this one. Amazing. <laughs> and I just have to go put the finishing touches on it as soon as we're done recording. There you go. Sounds mind-blowing. Hmm? I Speaking hope so. of mind-blowing... Today, we are talking about Perfect Blue, which is Satoshi Kon's debut film. Uh, I d didn't realize it was his oh. like debut theatrical film. Um, but yeah, that is the one we are talking about this week. It is an animated movie from 1997 mm -hmm. uh, and is, I, I guess it's, it's kind of about uh, this J Japanese pop star. She's a J-pop a, a, mm -hmm. a, a idol who wants to be an actress so she quits her career as the a, a idol starts acting and stuff uh and then it kind of dives into these themes of identity and who you are uh, yeah. who you say you are versus who you are on camera mm -hmm. uh, and it gets really trippy and really just like yeah. what the hell is going on and it blurs the lines of what's real and what's not Mm -hmm. Um. So if you like mind fucks, I highly <laughs> recommend oh, yeah. this film. I it's it's weird because it's one of those things. It's like you watch the first like two thirds of the film and you're like, okay, I get what's on what's happening. It is a li little bit trippy, but I think I can follow it. And then mm -hmm. that that last third yeah. is just like, what the <laughs> hell? What is going on? <laughs> Um, so I'm I'm really excited to talk yeah. about this film. This is one of my favorite films of all time. Oh, uh, nice! I, I I usually don't spend the time to like rank like this is my number one film or this is my number seven film, mm -hmm. um, but I would definitely at least put this in my top three. Ooh! Um, and I really want to know what Melissa thanks because i i was like we're gonna do mind fucks here's all these really good mind fucks <laughs> and then uh yeah melissa you haven't seen this film no i this was my first time and when i was uh like a preteen, when i'm like 12 years old trying to get into anime i'd get these anime magazines and they would talk about oh perfect blue is like an outstanding film like it's a, mm -hmm. a classic in any genre in any medium from anywhere but I could tell it was like an adult film. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, whenever I'm older, like I'm going to go track that thing down. And I just never did until you suggested it to me. And I'm like, Such oh, yeah. I put that on my like far flung future to do list when I was like 12 years old. It's time to get to that now. Yeah. It, 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 the first time I saw anything from Satoshi Khan, I saw his mm. movie Paprika. Oh, uh, yes. Which is also, yeah, just bonkers. Mm -hmm. Um, and I saw it six months before the movie Inception came out. Oh, yeah. And so I saw Inception, and every, and everyone was like, it's a mindfuck. What the hell? It's so trippy. And I was just like, I followed that perfectly. That was easy. Yeah, like, yeah have, have you guys seen this pep, pep, 
paprika that's like inception times 10 and on acid like <laughs> yeah i've seen bits of paprika and i get it yeah yeah it makes inception look like just a walk in a garden yeah it's child's play but uh <laughs> so so then i was like huh who is this satoshi khan guy he, he he's making some good films uh and so then i started to check out his uh, uh, other stuff and i think perfect blue was the one i watched next mm-hmm. um and yeah I, Satoshi Khan, I think, is one of my favorite just directors or, or just mm-hmm. storytellers. I, I don't know, even know. Because um, uh, his movie Tokyo Godfathers is also mm-hmm. re- 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 really fantastic. And that's my favorite Christmas movie because <laughs> it takes place during Christmas. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this. Did, did you have any other kind of general impressions that you wanted to? Uh, I will say, it, I think it's a very well executed movie, but it's by no means remotely pleasant. So I appreciate it a lot. But yeah, this is never going on any kind of favorites list of mine. <laughs> Not like, oh, I just, it's a nice chill Sunday afternoon. I just want to curl up on the couch a with a movie and a mug of cocoa. Film. I'm not going to pick Perfect Blue. You, you have to be paying attention. You have to be trying to figure it out. And yeah, it's a lot of work. But there's, like you said, there's a lot in there and it's executed really well. Uh, and I, I think this is my like sixth or seventh time watching it, and oh, there's wow. still more stuff. I'm like, oh, I didn't notice that before. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. So that's that's good. It's fun, fun for me. <laughs> 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 but yeah, um, before we get into spoiler stuff, a uh, little bit of housekeeping yeah. for you guys. Uh, I think Melissa and I have decided that starting at the end of what what month did we decide? My mind just went blank. Um, at I the end of March, decided, yeah, so I think I, you decided like the beginning of April. Yeah, yeah, end of March, start of a- a- April. We are no longer going to be live streaming these episodes of the review show to the public. Uh, <laughs> we will, however, still be live streaming them to our patrons. Uh, if you are at the $1 level or above, which is literally all of our patrons, mm-hmm. uh, you guys can catch the live stream. Um, and we think it'll be a lot of fun. I mean, it's going to be the exact same thing as this, but we think it makes a little bit more sense to yeah. kind of put that uh, behind the patron paywall, especially just with the type of show this mm-hmm. is. Uh, it's kind of predicated on the fact that you we we, we kind of want you to play along at home mm-hmm. uh and so if random joe Smo just comes to say hi in our stream because they saw our tweet or they saw us on twitch or something uh they might not know what we're talking about and for the majority of the show we end up doing spoilers so yeah i, th- I think i think starting uh the end of march start of april we will be transitioning these to private live streams. Mm-hmm. Um, Patreon.com slash the whatnots is where you can join if you still want to get on these live yeah. streams. Uh, we, we will be reminding you guys the rest of this month or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think that is it. Last week we did an episode on the artist. Yes, yeah, a previous Oscar winner. So if you watch, uh, as we're live streaming this today, if you watch the Oscars tonight, I think they're tonight, 
<laughs> and you're like, what if, what are the movies of the past recent years that I should look back on? It's that one. It's really good. It seems weirdly forgotten about having only won the Oscar like six years ago. It but... won all kinds of awards, yeah, yeah. too. So, good stuff. It was fun. Good good time. Check it out. De- definitely. Uh, that being said, I think we are about to get into our spoiler mm-hmm. territory. So if you have not seen Perfect Blue, I highly recommend you go track it down somewhere uh, and go watch that. I, I, I think Satoshi Khan is a fantastic director. Uh, and if especially if you are into like tr- trippy psychological thriller stuff, mm-hmm. it's good. It's fun. So go check that out. But for now, it's spoiler alert time. Wow. <laughs> there we go. Um, cool. Where should where do you want to start? Because I'm most in- interested in hearing what you think about this film. Mm-hmm. I I I have some things that I learned on this viewing that I was like, huh, I didn't you know that stuff. So there's always new stuff. Yeah, that I'm like, I could tell that. Like this is a movie I know I would have to watch a bunch more times to really get. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, I, th- I think even on this viewing, it's it's one of those things. Of of course, my first time I watched it, I I I was old enough to figure it out if I wanted to. I it was it was only like five or six years uh-huh. ago, so I was in my twenties. But it 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 was it, it was still like, or I guess early twenties because I'm still in my twenties now. Uh, but. Like it, it, yeah. It was one. It was one of those things that I was more just of the fact, like, oh, it's trippy. This is a, so. What's real? Whoa. What's not? I don't know. Yeah. And it was just like that's really cool. And then mm-hmm. yeah, like as I've continued to watch it, just the it's like oh, he's really saying stuff about celebrity and fame and mm-hmm. like the, I mean, he made this in 1996 and it came out in 1997, so social media wasn't a thing. But yeah. this is even more just like. This is the one of the huge problems with social media. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, yeah, it's 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 now just like oh, I see that aspect or I see this. So lots of stuff, <laughs> lots of stuff to talk about. Hmm. Ah. Oh. oh, there's a lot going on. I don't really know where to start. I think. So do you want to start? Ask you this then. Okay. Where did you think it was going? Like as as you were watching this film, what did you think was going to happen? I underestimated it and I thought the guy that you think is the villain is the villain. And there'll be a lot of stuff along the way like um Mima is her name, right? I didn't write down anybody's Mima name. Mima is her name. Okay. <laughs> You might have to be the name officer on this one. She's the only one I know the, the, <laughs> the actual name for. <laughs> like, there'd be a lot of stuff with her along the way of figuring out, like, am I really seeing what I think I'm seeing? Uh, that web page that he makes for her, she's looking at it like, oh, how did he, you know, who is this? Where did this come from? How did they know so much about, about me? And, like, as her mind mm-hmm. is kind of breaking down, she's like, did I do this? Did I write this? So I figured a lot of twists on the way to where you could kind of tell it was going in the beginning, but those twists you wouldn't know. And then when it starts to look like it really is her, I'm like, well, maybe it is that then. 
And I really had no idea that at the end of everything, it was her manager that had had some psychotic break and thought she was Mima. That I didn't see coming. Yeah, it's it's really strange. Yeah. Um, and then there, like, it's even at the end. I'll I'll say this, and this is also one of the things that I noticed. Um, at the end, when she leaves the hospital after uh, visiting her manager, it seems to be some months later because Mima has longer hair now. Um. Her manager is in some kind of psychiatric care. Mm -hmm. Sounds like she has amnesia or something. But she's leaving the hospital, and there's a couple nurses who kind of recognize Mima. But they conclude that, no, that can't be her. And, and like, like this idea of, like, that's not the real her. (laughs) <laughs> and then at the at the end, the last line of dialogue is Mima in her car looking in the rear view mirror at you, the viewer. And mm. and then like in this like cheeky manner being yeah. like, nope, I'm real. Yeah, and then it's like really that's me. the end. And it's this upbeat like yeah, rock song. I actually really liked the ending because every all the staff at that care facility are reacting to her because she's clearly some huge star. And they're like, what's a star that big doing wandering around here? Like we don't have any of her family. Like, is that really her? Maybe it's just somebody who looks like her. So it's clear that her career yeah. has skyrocketed, but you don't know what career it is. If she's stuck with the acting or if she went back to being a singer. I, I would say she's stuck with the acting because that's what I would guess too, but it, it, it doesn't clearly tell you either way. It doesn't explicitly say yeah. it, but I th- I think the way the sh- the I was gonna say show, but the way the mm-hmm. movie kind of plays on Mima's identity, it mm-hmm. separates the two. Whereas the singing is her past, and mm-hmm. that's what the public knows her as. Or, or you, you know, th- there's that scene right at at the start of the film when you see the kind of. Cr- creepy security guard Mm. guy who we think is the bad guy most of the time but he's looking at her like through her like through his his vision Uh has like his his hand there and it looks like she's this like miniature doll on his hand dancing and that's how he sees her and Mm -hmm. that's kind of how the public sees her as this figure but she wants to change and grow and evolve and so she's she's you could say she's becoming more of who she is mm-hmm. but it, it, you know it's still the same thing where she's on camera she's being an actor she's you know yeah. displaying a certain front but there's this idea of like you are who like the people remember you as mm-hmm. versus who you want to be and so yeah. so yeah it's it's this thing of she has now transitioned and moved on Mm-hmm. But everyone, or not necessarily everyone, but a lot of people are still stuck with with her yeah. past work, and that's what they're obsessed about. Uh, and so to see her, yeah, now at this this new thing, that like that can't be the real her. We we don't recognize her because yeah. that's not what we remember her as, you know. Um, so yeah, that that's why I, I would say it's she's she's still acting and yeah, modeling that's, and stuff like that. That's what I would believe too, because this is a movie where. Um, that uh, stalker guy wants to, like, freeze her and, like, keep her exactly the way she was. And that's yeah. what her manager kind of wanted to do. Like, 
there needs to be a Mima exactly the way there was a Mima, whether it's you or if it's me, like that needs to be preserved. That is immutable now. Like it's static. It even if it's stagnant, like that cannot change. Yeah. And she's trying to change and grow. And even if she doesn't like how she has to do it all the time, she really loves acting. Like you can tell that she doesn't like every scene she has to be in. She doesn't like, you know, all the the politics that kind of go along with it, but she Mm -hmm. wants, like she made a choice and she wants to stick with it. And at the beginning, there's a little bit of, like there's the fear to change, but there's also kind of a fear to change back where it is sort of ambiguous. Like, would you rather be like, are you feeling kind of nostalgic or like singing was the safer choice for her to stick with? And even if there were like uh, fights between fans at her concerts, that's still safer than what has been happening to her since she has become an actress where there are literal murders around her. Yeah. It's like, do you just feel nostalgic? Do you miss your friends? Do you want something easy? Do you want something safe? Do you want to go back to singing? Are you tempted to go back to singing because of that? Or because was that your true calling? But now you feel like I made my bed. I have to lie in it. But you really do get the sense, even despite all of that, she does want to be an actress. Like it's her choice. And there's some pressures to go along with some things, But it's not like, oh, Mima, this is what actresses have to do. Like, you have to do really tough scenes in order to be taken seriously. It's all, like, kind of logistic stuff. Like, look, I I know it's tough for you to do a rape scene, but that's what we wrote. And we're behind schedule and we don't have time to write something else. And, like, it's logical. It's practical. Like, it's her versus the logic and versus like scheduling it's, and like mundane things like that. And she's it's like, well, it's a tough scene because yeah. it's a little bit of Oof. both. It's like, yeah. we know you put this in on purpose because yeah. we like, you know that I want to be a bigger star and you know, if I do more sex scenes and stuff like that, that's going to help out. So you put this in and yes, we know we're on a time b- b- budget too. So you put this in and are basically giving us no choice. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm sure she could still absolutely say no. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go back to singing or stop the show. But in, in in the end, acting is what she really wants, and so yeah. she's willing to endure that to you know to further her career. Yeah, which is <laughs> the situation sucks. But yeah. I did like that this movie had an element of acting is not just like um an art form it's not just something you do out of like passion and creativity it's also like co-working with others and it's a certain degree of cooperation and it's a certain degree of like good behavior not in like you have an image to uphold but like there's schedules to keep to you mm-hmm. know when things are set they're kind of set you know to like do your best to cooperate and go with the flow and just sort of you're one piece of a machine and the machine has to keep running yeah And I like that there was that element of like, there's a lot of practical concerns with what she's doing as well. That also kind of, well, the writers, that was a bad choice. But besides that, but uh, the not like the writer of the movie, the writer of the show within the movie, it's like not not a good scene. Don't do that. But that aside, like you know, like there's practical things that she has to keep doing to make this career work. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and she like 
it, it's interesting because even at the start of the film, we're getting those kind of those scenes. Like it's it's a mix of her just doing everyday things. Mm-hmm. This is her normal life. This is what, yeah. who she actually is. She's shopping for groceries. She's at home feeding her fish. You know, mm-hmm. she's doing that stuff, and it juxtaposes that with these images of her on stage song and dance you know performing and stuff like that so it it definitely has this theme of like who who are you when you're not on camera yeah who is who is the actual persona is it the one you put forward or is it the one you are when you're you know not performing Um, Mm -hmm. and it's 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 fascinating to see how that goes how that continues to grow throughout the film because yeah when she's having her kind of crisis of identity of like yeah. who am i what do i am i even real like mm-hmm. what, what is this you know um it it yeah it's it's the same type of thing of just like who am am i the one that i put forward on stage or mm-hmm. on camera or when i'm feeding my fish you know um what else did 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 you notice about this film I was just thinking about a very tiny little detail, which is early in the movie, um, there's just like a newscaster talking in the background. And he Mm -hmm. mentioned something about like a big natural disaster, like some storm or flood or earthquake or something. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what it was, but there's some big natural natural disaster. Yeah. And like a lot of people have died and it's just this background sound clip while like Mima is in her apartment. And this is just after she's left her singing career and nothing's said about it. But I did think about, like, charity concerts and that sort of thing. Like, that's a situation where a musical artist would probably do more than an actor would. Like, you can't put on, like, you know, it's a celebrity. It's a it's a charity concert. It's a benefit. There's not, like, uh, it's a charity TV show. It's a benefit movie. Yeah. Like, she's just in now in a position where there's less she might be able probably to more do. difficult to round up a bunch of actors and be yeah. like okay shakespeare in the park for charity you know yeah yeah they have to memorize all those it's not prepared yeah, it's no, material no that they don't, you know, or anything yeah. so it, yeah it's something she p- p- probably would have done more i was also yeah. thinking just as you mentioned it of just like that's also kind of what she's feeling like she just had her life devastated yeah yeah by the you know by i'm making this big change and here's mm-hmm. you know me quitting the band and becoming an actress is like it's it's shaking up her world it, it is an earthquake you know yeah and also to some degree like she's doing well for herself she might be stressed out and feeling a little pressured but she's alive and well Mm -hmm. and these are all things that like the so she shouldn't feel that bad about herself like there's people out there that are dying in earthquakes or something like acting is stressful you know so what grow up and take it on or something and this is all stuff that is not in the movie like this we what we are talking about is like a two sentence like background sound blurb of just a news item but it could mean all of these different things Mm -hmm. yeah Exactly. One thing that I learned this watch through, um, just out of curiosity, I went to look up what her name means. Oh. Um, 
and her name Mima is very very similar to the word uh, Mina in Japanese, which means uh-huh. everyone. Ooh. Yeah. So it's this idea like that she is everyone's, or she she you know she is the public persona that mm-hmm. it, it, like she is the group it's it's they they there was a certain line in there i forget where it was but that's what made me look it up where i think they use the word mina m-i-n-n-a and i was like did they just say her name because that's that would be a weird spot to have her name and then i looked it up mm-hmm. and i was like oh mina means everything and her name is really similar to her that mm-hmm. like almost sounds the exact same um so I thought that was kind of neat. There's, uh, so I, I I don't know how much this one applies. This one might be more of a str- a stretch, but the word, uh, so her her family name is Kirigoi or something, mm, yeah, like that. I'm pr- pr- probably butchering the p- pronunciation, but uh, that the G O. E is it sounds a lot like G O I in English, uh-huh. in English G O I Gogoi, mm-hmm. um, which G O I in Japanese is their word for uh, carp. It's it's a fish, uh-huh. but that fish like represents prosperity and and luck and stuff like that. And the first part of her name Kiri represents like 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 finality like this is the Mm -hmm. end this is the finale so it's like this is the the end of of everyone's prosperity or stuff like like, i i I don't know how much that actually applies but i was like huh in a weird way maybe you can stretch that and make it fit Mm -hmm. um of, of just this idea of yeah when she changes and you don't like it you, you, you know you're kind of losing i i don't know exactly what you're losing but maybe mina herself or mima herself is losing fans and stuff like that and again to go back to that earth quake it's like she had this big shake up and people are dying and mm-hmm. you know um so who knows how everything will happen once the dust settles and stuff like that so i thought that was interesting um let me ask you this where do you Uh, think the movie gets the name perfect blue i was gonna ask you what you think about that because there is a theme of to some degree of perfection like the way her fans Uh think of her is that she's just perfect and she's scared that now if she's doing anything differently she's tarnished like that word comes up over and over again like she's trying like she's tarnished she's dirty she's not the person she was anymore she's an imposter but the blue imagery i'm not exactly getting so this is one of the the, the things that you you have to kind of watch it over and okay. over again to to maybe fully understand it but there is a Satoshi Khan does a lot of things with color in this film. Mm-hmm. And if you're not looking for the way he's using this color, you're probably going to miss it. Okay. But Mima, as she thinks of herself, like the real Mima is often pictured in 
blues in like blue colors, blue clothes, blue lighting, stuff like that. Whereas this kind of haunting alter ego of the this the old singer Mm -hmm. uh, she's often cast in red Mm -hmm. bad guys are often cast in red big like not necessarily able but big hints about what is actually happening are often cast in red of just like Mm. hey pay attention to this thing Um, and yeah there's there's uh even stuff of like when when the movie first starts it opens up with this like live performance of i i forget what they call them in in japan but it's a sentai show yeah it's the power uh-huh. basically um and the stage that they're on is all lit up in blue uh, and then when Cham, the band that she's a part of, when they uh, go on stage, it's the exact same stage. They change the gels on the lights. So it, it casts this red light on the oh. blue stage. Uh, and then the outfits they're wearing have this like red trim and stuff and stuff like that. Uh, and so it's 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 this fake persona, right? She's mm-hmm. on stage singing and dancing. Enhancing. And then that's when it starts to cut to her everyday life. And she's like in the grocery store, which is a much more cool blue It tones. is, yeah. The milk is blue, or it has the blue label and stuff like that. Um, and as it continues and as she's having this like crisis of conscious, more and more red starts to seep in and, and surround her. Mm-hmm. Um you you can start to see that uh like there there's more red posters on her wall or oh. there's certain um there's one she goes back into her room and all the lights are off but the only color you can see is red so everything red in her room you can see and mm-hmm. then there's there's like one big moment where you see her uh, her face and it just it's this side view and the wall right next to her is all red and it's just like like something big is happening here. this is where she's really like splitting in half um and it, it, it goes all the way to right after she does the nude photography shoot mm-hmm. and she comes home and she finds her fish dead yeah and it she starts crying seemingly about her fish but then you we immediately realize oh that's not what she's crying about she's oh, i think crying she's crying about... after like they have to film that scene i think like the photo shoot comes later it, it, it well it, yeah it, it 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 might but in in the end it's it's about being portrayed as this sex symbol, yeah being in that rape scene you know mm-hmm. um and whether she did the the nude photo shoot before or after same kind of thing like she she's not that's not really what she wants to be portrayed as and that's what's making her so emotional and her room has a lot of red like her Mm -hmm. red sheets her red walls all that stuff and she she hates it she's tossing things over she's turning them but she's in this like full-on navy baloo outfit and it, it's just like that's who she really is but she's yeah. sur- surrounded by all of this stuff that just makes her that this is not what i want um 
there's another scene I think where she's watching. It's 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 one of the the, the scenes where I think she's looking at the website Mima's mm-hmm. room and she's watching a clip of one of her old performances and the the lights change from blue to red and immediately when they turn mm. to red that's when the video starts talking to 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 her I'm just oh. like, and you think blah 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 you know uh, and it's like oh that's not in the performance that's what is happening you know um so there's there's all, all sorts of stuff in in there like that and of just this red slowly creeping in or taking up Ooh. most of of the sc- of the screen while she is in this small like blue b- 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 bubble or stuff like that so that's neat yeah and then the the end of the movie of course like yeah. when she says no i'm real you see her in the rear view but it's looking out the front of her car yeah. and on on this just perfectly blue sky mm. so blue is kind of like sanity it's her happiness it's mm-hmm. that type of stuff it's who she really is if she can reach that perfect blue she'll be you know who who she wants to hubby stuff like that so i thought that was fascinating yeah i'd I'd watch the whole thing again just to track that yeah because i wasn't really picking up on it at all wow yeah that that was one like until recently i i don't think i've seen this it's been a couple years since i've seen this film uh, but that's one of the things I, I I saw. There's there's a whole bunch of stuff on YouTube all variety about. Look at how Satoshi Kon uses all this c- color and stuff like that. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's any significance to the fact that we don't really see where she lives outside of that room? Like I think we're in the bathroom briefly once, but we never see like yeah. a kitchen or a front door, or the outside of it. Like when we're at her home, we are in that room. Do you think that's just um, like a practical concern? Like, well, we don't, we can only draw so many sets, or was it? I th- I think it's it's not so much about we can only draw so many sets, but I, I I think that's that's just what a lot of little studio apartments look like. Uh, they have their however big tatami room. It's mm-hmm. a four by six tatami room, and that's it. That's their house. That's their bathroom stuff like that. But yeah, I'm sure you could dig into how claustrophobic it feels and stuff like that. There are scenes I think like is she adding stuff? Like is more and more stuff being put yeah. in that room as Ugh. it goes on? Um, I'm not sure if that's actually the case, but. Maybe you can look at at, 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 at it that way, mm-hmm. but I don't know. <laughs> were, were, were you were you thinking it, it was something I, related? To I don't him? know. I just thought it was interesting, and again, I couldn't tell if this was symbolic or if it was just like, uh, you know, we we can't pay the backgrounds team for another couple days to you know draw more parts of her apartment or. Mm-hmm. Maybe they really are that small and she doesn't have a kitchen. She just has like four feet of extra wall with a tiny sink and a toaster oven in it. And like why it? Like I couldn't tell if it was practical reasons why mm-hmm. we're always in such a small space or if it did, you know, it's just more symbolism as to she feels like everything's kind of closing in around her. It's about, that. you know, this 
fear of change and things becoming stagnant or not. I'm I'm wondering if it's even just to focus us on her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you don't need to know about the earthquake that happened in that one thing. You don't need to know who her neighbors are. This isn't about them. This is about who she like who she is on the inside mm-hmm. you know like so it, it, I, I think it kind of forces us to look at her yeah or maybe it's like a kind of a comfort thing like there's so much in her life that's freaking her out that she doesn't just want to go home she wants to go to her bedroom specifically like the safest place inside the safest place yeah like she that's she needs that. She can't deal with anything less than that. Well, yeah, I mean, so then once we start to bring in the website mm-hmm. idea of this website, right? Yeah. If if her room is her safe space, yeah. But then she's having this website literally called Mima's room. Yeah, it's invading not called... her life. It like it... it's this weird thing of like this is my private space. How do you know this stuff? Who? What? How are you making this? You know? Yeah, it's not called like Mima's house. It's called Mima's room. Yeah, which feels more intimate and also like slightly more childlike. You know, when you're a kid, you have a room, one room that's yours. Now, yeah. uh, you're growing up. Like, oh, that's my living room. That's my kitchen. That's my everything else. When you're a kid, you just have the one thing. And uh, she's she's pretty young. It doesn't specify how young she is. But, I mean, she has these people that are kind of watching over her, like, trying to protect her, trying to keep her exactly as she was, to keep her safe, to, like... And, like, the manager is a big advocate for Mina, the manager as we see her in the beginning, but she's kind of not really letting Mina talk very much in, like, meetings. Like, she's speaking positively for her, but she's mm-hmm. speaking for her. Yeah. And Mima just chimes in with a couple sentences at the end. Yeah. Exactly. I think, um, yeah, it's it's fascinating, all of the stuff that you can kind yeah. of just, like, it's her room, it's claustrophobic, it's how she's feeling, it's mm-hmm. related to the website, it's the, like, like you said, I think everything is just so well executed. Yeah. But it's just like, this is just, like, how, yeah. like, the, like, last week when we t- talked about the a- a- artist, mm. one of my complaints was that it was a little bit too long, mm. but I also didn't know how to make it shorter, because I, yeah. I felt like it was so tight that it, it, it you know, it told the exact story it needed to, mm-hmm. to it spent just the right amount of time with the characters but in the end i felt it was too long mm-hmm. this i think is only like 80 minutes long it's like an hour and 20 like it's yeah, not like 85 long at all. yeah yeah and and this has just so much jam-packed in it and it mm-hmm. tells you everything you need to know yeah how is this even possible? Yeah, it's very efficient and it has a lot of like very quick edits in it too. This is technically yeah. like such a well executed and like well structured film. Yeah. Um it's it's neat because as Satoshi Khan went on to make more and more mm-hmm. movies, he would often have Easter eggs in his movies oh! about the the previous ones he did. So I think mm-hmm. in I think it's Tokyo Godfathers. They're walking by a convenience store and there's a poster for Cham. 
oh. like there and, and and stuff like that. But he does a lot of stuff that happens in the back grounds or in the city mm-hmm. stuff you don't notice. Yeah. Um. And again, in Tokyo Godfathers, there's a scene where one of the characters is being beat up. And it's on like a still frame and it looks like a video g- 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 game as they're fighting. Oh. And there's office buildings in the back around g- 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 that have lights on at the t- t- top of the screen like health bars. Oh, and wow. And as, as the g- g- guy is getting beat up, the lights keep going off. <gasps> and so it looks like he's l- losing his health. But it, it's, oh. it's, it's something like if, if, if you're not looking for, for that, like those small details in 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 there you're gonna miss them and it's just like oh this is so neat that like all of this stuff is just jam-packed in there um like again at the start of the (laughs) at the start of the film right before cham goes on stage Mm -hmm. um each time it follows or each time the camera stops and you can hear people at the amusement park talking mm-hmm. they're always sitting on a red bench oh. or if the camera pans somewhere they're following a g- 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 guy in like a red hat or like a mm. red sweatshirt so there's all these like through la- 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 la lines of follow this red thing or do this and that i think also one of the big hard to go back to the the red stuff mm-hmm. but when she's first learning about this like fake rape scene that she's mm-hmm. gonna have to do the book the the script oh, yes. book is in bright red and that's yeah. all you see that one thing it's this big script book and then she puts the book down it's like uh really like this is mm-hmm. what you're gonna make me do oh. um but but yeah like that's that's the thing of like hey something something's about to happen mm-hmm. and then in that scene when they're filming it she is in this like red light she's in mm-hmm. this apron that has like the red frills yeah. and stuff like that which looks oddly similar to the outfit she was yep. wearing in the co- co- concert at the mm. beginning so that's also kind of a me- me- metaphor thing of like everyone knows her as this one thing and now this is happening yeah the her same like career is getting fucked <laughs> yeah she's not changing she is staying as she was but getting tarnished yeah is like yeah. what her kind of spectral vision of herself is telling her exactly so it's there's there's tons of stuff in in there that's strange i want to know where you lost the thread where were you like kyle said this was supposed to be a trippy mind fuck i this is fine and then when was the moment you were just like wait a minute where am i what is going on (laughs) i think maybe when it like starts repeating itself like she has that little tea meetup with her manager and like then it happens again and she's like i haven't seen you in so long and her manager's like i was here yesterday and she's like oh so that was real then <laughs> yeah and and then it's it's one of those those things where at the end of it you hear like okay cut you know and it's like wait yeah was that the movie yeah and what, like was that the tv show is that is she dreaming that she's in it is this that what is exact, going on yeah in the scene where it's like no there's just like a weird honk outside my window <laughs> don't mind that just some big mystery car 
the scene where it's like the detective characters from within the drama series she's in and they're looking at her not as the character she's playing but like as herself like oh yeah she invented that alter ego of an actress and she's just playing a role where she has to do all this dark stuff to hide you know to sort of compartmentalize that stuff away from her real life like i didn't really do that i'm an actress and i had to be a character that was doing that yeah that (laughs) once once you start to realize that the show she's making double bind is a mirror of everything that's happening to her then it's like wait a minute is she talking to them about what's actually happening in her life or is this the movie is her what we think as her real life is that the movie yeah what is going on i was fascinated by the entity of double bind itself Mm because at the beginning it it seems like a really true fleshed out tv show like you see it so briefly but just from like the couple lines you get from like the because she's a guest star the, the couple lines you get from the main characters of the show like it feels like we are just dropped into one episode of a real crime drama which yeah. I, I liked. I like that it, it's there for such a short time, but it feels like a very real show. And I I wanted to learn more about that other actress who plays the main character on the show. Mm-hmm. And I wanted there to be more interactions between Mima and her or some moment where Mima's like, did you have to do stuff like this when you were coming up? Like, you know, the screenwriter wants me to do this. Did he ever make you do something like that? Like, I wanted something like that but this movie is not cryptic weird like what is is going on the movie is not here to give you peace of mind no not at all. like that's not (laughs) not at all (laughs) and that's what i wanted even if not just peace of mind just like more clues like like she has so much bad stuff happen to her once she becomes an actress i wanted to hear from another actress to see like yeah is this like, is, is Mima just having One... some terrible string of luck? Is this, did she act, wander onto, like, did she accidentally get cast on what was a problematic show to begin with? Like, at what point did things, is everything turning because Mima is there? Yeah. Or what was the show like before she got there? Interesting. I think the one interaction they have that I think is a real interaction is when they pass in the hallways and Mima calls her uh, the name of her character in the show. And she goes, oh, I'm I'm not that character anymore. And then she says this weird cryptic thing to Mima. It's that something along the lines of pretty soon you're going to have to stop dreaming. Mm hmm. And again, it's this, like, that works, like, I could understand that being said to someone in showbiz. Like, you need to be realistic, and you you can't just have these high, like, you need to get what is given to you. And she's saying it, like, um, kind offhanded, like a joke, just like, you know, it's not me anymore, you better wake up, kid, you know, into the work day. But then there's, we also have this extra layer of, of we as a viewer are lost. We don't know if she's dreaming because she's Mm -hmm. mentioned that there's been a couple, I think, dream sequences, you know, Mm -hmm. we don't know what's real. So is she dreaming? And for the character to just like, to almost break the fourth wall in that sense and just be like, 
pretty soon you're gonna have to stop dreaming it's like again just like i don't understand what is happening Mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's yeah strange yeah i mima has so few like rocks in her life like she doesn't really have anybody she can count on she thinks she can count on the manager who no winds anchors. up being you know her worst enemy but this other actress on set she mentions that she admires she looks up to and i wanted just a tiny bit more of that of her like reaching out like hey i'm really stressed out by everything have you ever felt like this like how do i get to where you are now mm-hmm yeah. But again, that would offer some semblance of safety and comfort in this movie, <laughs> which is isn't none. the point. Every time you think you know what is happening, so- something else, something that I, I, cause I, I watched a c- couple of these YouTube videos uh, after I, I, I watched mm-hmm. this, just like, let me refresh my memory and think of some more things we can talk about. One thing that I don't think I would have thought of or noticed in a million years there's a scene where she's on the phone with her mom, right? Yes. She she yeah. turns on the bath water and then her mom calls. Um, and there's scenes of, of her t- talking with her mom and you can hear her mom. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden there's scenes where the mom isn't responding and she's carrying the conversation on huh. as, if, as if the mom is saying stuff. But we as the viewer don't, hear what the mom is saying mm. and i think this was also in one of the videos where they were mentioning the c- colors and stuff like that goes yeah the scenes where you can see like where, where, where you can hear the mom reply is like her her normal room there's some blue light we see mm-hmm. her from a certain a- a- angle then when when we don't hear her mom the mm-hmm. first time is from a different a- a- angle it's more red light and then the next time is this uh like overexposed mm-hmm. like just very very bright stuff like that and it's it, it yeah like it's one of those weird things it's like huh for as technically good as this film it, 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 it is you don't think there would be just a small scene like that where yeah. they colored it wrong or they did, you know, so it's it just like, this looks overexposed compared mm-hmm. to everything else. And, and and he was like, yeah, that's because this whole thing is fake. <gasps> this whole conversation that she's having where her mom does not respond doesn't happen. Ooh. She he, She's making it up like in her mind. And I was just like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. like and and that's it's a scene like before we really know that there's anything sinister going on or she's she's not really having her overt crisis of identity yet and so it's just this weird thing like if you pick up on it if you notice yeah. she's already gone <laughs> yeah oh wow yeah her her descent starts very early we had almost no like normal status quo Mima before everything starts to go downhill. Yeah. There's very little you you get a couple foothold. (laughs) Yeah, you get a couple little flashbacks, but there's not very much to compare her to or like set you know, like there's no constant. Like there's no you know, the the version of the experiment where there are no variables and it's just normal. Like, yeah, we don't 
have anything to compare to, which I guess contributes to the kind of mystery and ambiguity of the entire movie. Yeah. Like, we don't know when Mima has gone off the rails because we haven't seen her on the rails that much. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. This is a movie. Hmm? Go ahead. No, this is a movie that has a very unreliable narrator in Mima. Like you figure out pretty quickly that not everything Mima is encountering is exactly true to life. And there's a lot of fantasies and there's a lot of dreams and like little bits of flashbacks in there. But sometimes the movie cuts away from her entirely and it follows like those three fans Mm-hmm. Like talking about her pop idol career. Yeah. And as the movie went on, I became more interested in them and they have no identities, like no names, no characters. They're just, it's just like cutting away to the voice of the people. Yeah. And the, the longer the movie went on, I'm like, I think everything these guys do, we can count on. Like, it seems like they are real. They are true. Everything they are saying is fact. And it's not terribly important fact it's just like so we're going to the concert of the last two members of cham you know we heard rumors mima might be here but who knows uh and you see mima there but like the spectral form of mima and you think it's just that stalker guy with the camera and the audience imagining that she's there she's not really there Mm -hmm. but what's what's hmm? also neat is that when it's just the only two singing the song they're singing is kind of about mima Mm. Uh, it can apply to 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 her um and they they're like dancing formation they're both on the sides of the screen they like leave space in the middle for where mima would be Mm -hmm. and the the colors they're wearing are very primary colors it's like like blue and yellow and then there's no red. Yeah, like, yeah. Once we're that's green, the one they're saving, and like there's Mima. Yeah, there's like a space left for her. There's a part of the color wheel like left for her, and yeah, I I was very curious how those two remaining band members like. They do. Yeah, they seem perfectly happy from Mima's perspective, and we've learned we cannot really trust Mima's perspective. So are they doing in reality as well as it looks like they're doing? Well, they did finally get on the charts. Mm-hmm. That's her. a fact, yeah. So we know as much as people liked Cham and liked Mima, they weren't terribly popular. Mm-hmm. They they were well-known, but, you know, did, didn't have any chart-topping singles. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We have the, the proven fact of that they are... They got a single on the charts, and the girls look happy. But that's but, it. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. How much we do we really know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wanted to kind of briefly talk about this, because there, there, we men, men mentioned that in today's age with social media, mm-hmm. there's this weird thing of a lot of times people run multiple accounts, or they do a, some kind of role play account, or they yeah. build up some kind of internet persona and even here on the podcast like i I, I, you know i'm sure there's people out there who feel like they know us Mm -hmm. just because they've listened to all the episodes or you know something 
and it to kind of ju ju juxtapose that where you feel like this is at, at least from my perspective like th this is kind of just what i put forward on camera like this mm -hmm. isn't necessarily the real me mm -hmm. or you know stuff like that but then looking at stuff like george lucas where uh, -huh. uh he put out this product the pop population got a hold of it right and then he went back to change some things, and every, everyone was like, no, what the hell? You can't do that. You can't add this scene into Star Wars. Han shot first. What the hell? You know? Yeah. Um, so where, like, I guess I kind of want to talk about that whole thing, because in Mima's case, the product is herself. Yes. It's a product nonetheless, but... Mm -hmm. Being her, like, since it is herself, d does she still have the right to change that? Whereas yeah. with other works of art, like if, uh, you, you know, some famous painter went back to go change one of his paintings or stuff, they'd be like, whoa, this is like all, all of the pictures we have of the Mona Lisa have always looked like this. And now you're changing it? No. Mm -hmm. Like that, like, that's why people are still clamoring for the original like blu-ray release of star wars because we don't yeah. have that mm -hmm. we have the the, the fixed <laughs> ones right so yeah where does is there a line in there is it okay that mima is changing herself is it okay that george lucas goes back and changes star wars to whatever the fuck he feels like <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it's an, inter an interesting thought because they're both products, but mm -hmm. one is a person. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think this movie would not have worked as dogs. <laughs> oh, we have to cut it out. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> I think this movie would not have worked as well if it was an actress trying to become a singer, because the transition she's making now is that. She's putting forth an image of Mima that isn't exactly Mima, but it is still a Mima. She's uh -huh. more or less herself, and she's going to be an actress, and there isn't a Mima anymore, really. It's this role, this role, this role, and the roles are determined by you know the writers and the producers and the schedule and things like that. So uh -huh. she's losing a lot of – like, she's trying to find her identity by losing her identity. Yeah. Which – so she's losing parts of herself, but I can also see, like, you know, the the pop star might have to be seen, like, oh, i wearing certain clothes, you know, buying certain brands, something like that. Because there's not really a clear delineation. You're kind of one thing all the time. Yeah. Listen, you've gone a little robot on me. Oh, you froze up for a sec, too. Well, now you have some black. Oh, there you go. Fix itself. Cool. I think we're oh, back okay. to normal. All right. Okay, good. But I missed the last p p part of what you said. <laughs> uh, there. When she's a pop idol, she's kind of there's less of a delineation between her being on and being off. And there's more of that when she's an actress. So she's when she is working, she has less of a sense of identity. But when mm -hmm. she's not working, it feels like she is more free to be more of a real person. Yeah. 
because she doesn't necessarily have an image to uphold. That image right. kind of isn't there anymore because it's like, I'm this role this week. I'm this role. I'm that character. Like everything's different. Like there's less of a constant one thing to uphold. That's true. So I can see that she's becoming an actress to try and make things a little bit more Clear comfortable for herself. for herself. Yeah. But at the same time, she's there's less for her to hold on to. She has to supply her own everything to hold on to and it's not there and it's not working. Yeah. I hmm. I, I think it would have been more of a George Lucas situation if she quit the band and then like re-recorded all of the songs yeah. she made with Jam as a solo singer. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like what if Justin Timberlake you know did a new rendition of Bye 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 but it's only him. And he adds like a new part or a new Ooh. verse, you know, like oh, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that even as you describe this, it sounds unsettling. Now you understand why we don't like George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> I've I, I don't put a lot of stock in Star Wars. I mean, it wasn't something I grew up with. So like I like it, but I have no personal stakes in it at all. It doesn't matter to me what actually happens. It's like. Oh, fun space adventure. Cool. But the fact that he had all of this money and he could do anything he wants with it, but he just wants to go back to this movie he made years ago. And he's like, I always wished it would have had more rocks. And now I can put more rocks in it. (laughs) It's like just charming to me. Like, oh, you didn't like spend your money on three tigers and a gold yacht. You're like, what if Jabba had another singer? It's like, oh, that's that's kind of sweet. He ruined Han's character. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I, I I think that stuff is interesting to think about. It's strange yeah. that not only is it a really trippy movie, um, and and says a lot about like Japan and kind of mm-hmm. post World War Two Japan and this. Mm-hmm like blossoming new age of having the female pop idol right um and then it's only kind of grown in relevance which is really Mm -hmm. funny because the internet in this thing is a brand new thing for her she's like i don't know what this interweb thing is yeah like she doesn't understand internet she doesn't understand computers because it's 1997 yeah which is crazy um but then it's it's only more relevant now with mm-hmm. the internet and with social media in particular uh, and it's like to see a film like that not necessarily prophetically but just like it just happened to get more and more relevant as it like as time went on just like mm-hmm. whoa this is really yeah. creepy I- I thought about like modern technology and media and how it almost might have like helped Mima if she had it. Cause like we have verified accounts, like nobody is there to verify or unverify the Mima's room website. But if this was modern times, she could know this one is me for sure. Look, there's a little check mark. That means it's me. They take these things seriously. Yeah. Or if she, like, there's the the blog post pictures of her, like, at the supermarket, and she's like, or, no, no, she goes shopping in Harajuku. She's like, well, 
I guess I went shopping today. Like, she just has one other account to rely on. Whereas nowadays, you know, there might be pictures of her like, oh, I spotted that pop singer out shopping today. She could find, like, three other pictures. She's like, okay, I did go shopping today. All right. It's not just her versus one thing. Like, there's more accounts. And I wonder if that might have been helpful to her. Who knows? Like, things like social media can be very... She, she, uh, oppressive, but I can understand how it also might be a benefit to her in having, because she's so isolated and she has so few people she can rely on. Yeah. If you widen the net, it could make it worse, but it could make it better. She, she just didn't really take any ownership of yeah. the, like, the she She was creeped out by it and confused on how whoever was making yeah, about but didn't it. Yeah. do anything and then continued to go back there and be like well i guess i went shopping <laughs> huh. okay yeah like oh. she's so <laughs> lost that she looks at this fake blog written about her and she takes it as like kind of a fact what the, the, weird. the weird the weird thing is is that all of this stuff in there was factual like mm-hmm. it, it's it's not it's not even like I didn't go to King's Dominion today. That's weird. Like, why would they say that? I hate roller coasters. It, 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 it's, no, it's the exact opposite where it's like, how do they know I always use yeah. my right foot to go off of trains? Yeah. And that's like, that's weird. Like, that, that's something I don't tell anyone, you know? Exactly. And, like, that gave it... Okay, so this whole movie comes down to, like, m- mental problems, like, she doesn't understand what's going on because she's kind of losing her mind and there's people around her that also mm. are kind of losing their mind. And the stalker is saying things that he could observe about her, but the whole thing of, like, I always step out with this foot first. It's like, Every how now and again, I... there's a thought of, like, I thought this. And it's like, how did you know I thought that? Exactly. And, like, you figure out that the manager is probably feeding him this information, but how would... Would she know all of that to tell him to put on the website? Is she just that obscure and that observant and that like quietly obsessed with tracking everything Mima does? That she's like, yes, I have noticed that she always steps out with her right foot. She said she was thinking this, but I really know she was thinking this. Like, yeah, it's creepy. Where does all like? You can guess that all of that information just came from observation, but it's still like, ooh, like that's almost impossible for somebody to know. Yeah. Creepy stuff. You want to know something even creepier? What? While this movie was being made, this exact thing happened in real life. What? Uh, The singer Bjork. I believe is how you say it. The like B J O R K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the story. Some weird stalker yes. sending her videos, wanting her to not. Ch- I'm yes. not sure exactly what happened. Not ch- yeah. happened in a 1996 while this movie was being made. Yeah. And it's literally about the same thing, and it's just like, <laughs> oh, what, what, why is this? Did they? How did they know? What? Why? It's not. It's not super similar. It. it I do know this story, and I think this. It was uh, a fan that just became obsessed with her yeah. and would like send her all these letters and all of these videotapes, and like wanted to go like maybe kill whoever she was with at that time, and well, maybe he kill wanted her. Wanted to kill her. Yeah. The, the, yeah. 
he made some kind of like custom bomb in a package yes, thing. Yes. So the whole the whole thing of Nemo right. getting the like exploding uh letter is is yeah like I mean it's not exactly one for one. This is what happened, and we're mm-hmm, retelling mm-hmm. that you know. But it's just like that same type of thing. There was a fan who was obsessed and didn't you know had this perfect image in their mind and didn't want them to change Mm -hmm. weird yeah crazy stuff (laughs) i think that's about all i have to say on yeah like like i said this isn't exactly a fun pleasant watch it's rough in points but i it's very effective at what it wants to do like as rough as it gets it's kind of admirable that it can execute this plan and everything serves this plan like you said i think it's very well structured it's technically very impressive it still Mm -hmm. looks great shout out to the animation as well that's something we didn't really talk about but there's um i mean this is like old school animation and stuff but there's scenes where she's like running down the stairs and you can mm-hmm. tell like they really studied to get that just right if not yeah. took video and you know did all that because it, it looks amazing whereas yeah. a lot of this stuff nowadays doesn't look like that doesn't have that same lifelike quality to the way people mm-hmm. move and stuff like that and just like wow this is so neat. It's so good to 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 see stuff that has that much yeah. detail. The music's so. good too. Like it has a mm-hmm. very good like repeated musical hit for whenever it's like building tension off up. It's good. good. Stuff. It's fun. It's impressive on a lot of fronts. Fun stuff. If you had to uh, recommend some other things to people Ugh. who liked this, what would you recommend? Oh, I didn't even think of anything this week. I would obviously have more of Satoshi Khan's work. Yeah. Uh, Tokyo Godfathers is a lot more lighthearted, uh, mm-hmm. not as much of a mind trip, but there's a little bit of that stuff in there. But it is uh, also more of a Christmas movie. I, yeah, I watch it's like it a little bit more Christmas. warm-hearted. It's, yeah. it's, it's fun, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want more of his, like, trippy stuff paprika i think is one of his ultimate just like mm-hmm. what is happening what is going <laughs> yeah. on yeah um that's in insane um what else what else what else um i i guess the other things i tried to pitch last week i, th- I think you might like some of that yeah. stuff uh mr robot Mm. I've only seen the first season of that. I, I think there's two or three seasons now. Uh, but that uh, is kind of along the same kind of mind trippy mm. stuff going on there. You're not really sure what's real. Um, what else did I pitch? What was the other one? Legion. Uh, Legion, yeah. Yeah, that one's also uh, very trippy. I don't I don't know what is happening there. I... I I guess it's less about um, themes of identity, but maybe it is because it's about a guy who has multiple Mm -hmm. um, personalities and each of his personalities has a a mutant X gene. It's based off of a Marvel comic Mm -hmm. (laughs) character. It's interesting. And Aubrey Mm -hmm. Plaza, I remembered her name this time, uh, is in it and she's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, I would also say, so I, I, I haven't seen b- 
Black Swan. Yet. Y- yeah. But apparently Black Swan is very closely related to this film. I I I think I called it basically a remake when I was pitching it, this, uh, but it's it's not exactly. But I know there are some shot for shot like this was. I exactly. buy that. Yeah. I I have not seen Black Swan. I had some friends that were really into that movie, like when mm-hmm. it came out, and so I'd hear them talk about it and i'd see like you know stills and gifts from the movie the one... and i think it's about go ahead i think it's about a woman who i think it's about a woman in a ballet company that wants the lead role and like pushes herself so far training trying to get the lead role that then she kind of cracks and starts to like overanalyze the everybody else around her like are you really my friend or are you going to come and try and take this role away from me? I think it's something like that. It isn't, I don't think it's operating with quite as much like plot wise as blue as a perfect blue is. The trailers and what I heard, there are still some themes of like identity and who Mm -hmm. you are and just like, are are you going to change and evolve? Is this whole thing real? Am I making it up? I think it's the scene in the bathtub is mm-hmm. is the one that's like shot for shot. That makes remake. sense. That sounds familiar. Um, where in this movie, Minma, it's after she calls her mom, she gets in, in the bath and she is basically in the fetal p- position and she yeah. just like lies like face down in like is submerged in this wall, wall water. And uh, I've I've seen the the gift comparisons, and it's 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 like shot for shot. It's crazy. Yeah. I can definitely see how this would lead to a black swan. And I thought of one. I thought of a recommendation. Go for it. Bird Birdman. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Birdman's nifty. I might pitch it sometime. I haven't seen it since it was in theaters, but I've I remember being pretty things. impressed by it. Yeah, it's about a. Uh, an actor who is like a big blockbuster, like superhero franchise actor and like that career crashed and burned. And now he's trying to like star in and direct a Broadway play. But the specter of the Birdman superhero he used to play is like following him around. And it Haunting is pretty him. ambiguous about what's really going on and what's in his head. Yeah. Sweet. Sounds mm-hmm. good. I think those are all good recommendations. Uh, Melissa. It is your turn to do the pitches for this next week. Yeah, and for the first time in months, I don't have any theme. It's just an assortment of things. The theme is stuff I should have gotten to by this point already, and I didn't. (laughs) The theme (laughs) is assortment. (laughs) (laughs) The theme is miscellaneous. (laughs) So if you feel like um, another mindfuck week after week, pitch number one is The Prestige. Oh, okay. I've seen that one. The 2006 film directed by Christopher Nolan, a period thriller set in Edwardian London where two rival magicians uh, feud bitterly after one of them performs the ultimate magic trick, teleportation. Ultimate magic trick. His rival tries desperately to uncover the secret of his routine, experimenting with dangerous new science as his quest takes him to the brink of insanity and jeopardizes the lives of everyone around the two of them. I saw this in theaters. And I liked it, and I think I mostly got it. I think I got, like, 90% of it. And, like, I understood the ending, but I'm like, well, how did everything fit together to get to the ending? Because it's very twisty. 
And I've been meaning to sit down and like, okay, you're an adult now. You're no longer 16 years old. You're smarter. You can do this. Like sit down and watch the whole thing beginning to end. Oh, and I'm, I feel like if that was me, I'd be setting myself up for disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> I caught a couple of minutes you're of this. You're smarter now, um... Kyle. You're smarter. You can do this. <laughs> Two hours later. God damn it. I'm not smarter. Fuck. <laughs> a friend of mine was watching this like while I was at their house last week. And uh -huh. I saw just a couple of minutes in the middle. I'm like, I forgot how many people were in this. I yeah. forgot. Like, I remember David Bowie was in it, but I forgot Scarlett Johansson and Andy Serkis was in it. How could I forget <laughs> Andy Serkis was in something? So I got to revisit this movie because there's you a whole really lot going on. didn't really know Andy Serkis as an actual, like, Andy Serkis as Andy, Andy Serkis. <laughs> we always knew him as, like, I the gorilla or Gollum or, you know, well, some Well, I was a big Lord of the Rings nerd and watched all the behind-the-scenes footage, so I knew an Andy Serkis. There you go. <laughs> If I forgot he was in this, what else have I forgotten about this movie? And pitch number two is Mob Psycho 100. This is an oh, okay. anime. Mm -hmm. This uh, And I'm pitching the first season, which is about 12 episodes long. This is from 2016. This is one of my roommate's favorite anime. She's not home often, but when she is, she wants to sit me down and show me at least the first episode of everything she likes. So we watched the first episode of this, and I really liked it. And she's like, do you want to watch more? And I'm like, let me pitch this on the podcast sometime. And then, and then we'll see if I'm if I'm obligated to watch it one week or if it's something you and I can go through together at our own pace sometime. I'm this not is mistaken. a neat show. I was, I, I was going to say, if I'm not mistaken, this is by the same guy who does One Punch Man, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and I think this was the project he was more attached to and hoped would take off. But didn't do as well as One Punch Man. Well, if, yeah, if if you've seen the the original comics of One Punch Man, he is not good at art. Yeah, <laughs> that is like a like sickly. drawn on note paper. Like <laughs> I just made a comic while sitting in math. You know. <laughs> I watched the first episodes of both, and I did like the pilot of Mob Psycho One Hundred oh. more. So okay. this is about uh, an average middle school boy who he's just really normal. Bland has like no personality to him at all. Sounds like me. But he has incredible psychic power, and also sounds like he me. He has become the <laughs> exactly <laughs> like you. <laughs> and he, he has become the apprentice to this other psychic who is an absolute sham, but is trying to convince this young kid that he is a completely real psychic, so okay. that then the kid's family will keep paying him for psychic lessons. And so they go out and they encounter like all of these monsters that the kid is like psychically fighting. And the the main guy, you know, the mentor is like, well, I took care of most of him for you. And you just went in there and just sort of finished off the work for me. I'm, you know, I'm really glad you were there to finish it off. But you couldn't have done it unless I was already I loosened the lid of the jar for you. And it's about that pair going around, like trying to figure out supernatural mysteries. OK, Sounds it's fun. fun. And pitch number three is a graphic novel. This is the Adventure Zone. Here there be Gerblins. Are you familiar with the Adventure Zone? Uh, I've heard of it. This is a podcast where 
the three McElroy brothers and their That's dad right. played Dungeons and Dragons together. It's a live play of that, and it became this huge thing. And it got so popular that they worked on a graphic novel adaptation of it. So this is by the four McElroys and artist Carrie Peach. And it is a graphic novel adaptation of the first arc of this D&D game that they podcasted. And it's not just the fantasy story itself. It's the meta story as well of... Interesting. Here's Griffin, the DM, getting his family through this adventure. Okay. And I've listened to the whole podcast. I love it, but I've not sat down and read the graphic novel adaptation yet. Cool. This is pretty new, so I don't know, like, how digitally accessible it is, though. I'm lucky enough that my roommate had a copy. Gotcha. Um, Let's see. Those are all good picks. Of First one was The Prestige. Mm-hmm. Second one was Mom Psycho 100. Mm-hmm. Third one was uh, The Adventure Zone. Yes. Um, boy, what do you feel like? Magic, psychics, and wizards, and things. There's no normal option for you to pick, Kyle. I've I've been wanting to find a new anime to watch. Okay, so I think I'm gonna go with Mob Psycho 100. Awesome. Uh, I don't know anything about it other than that one little factoid that I had that it's by the same guy who did One Punch Man. Uh, besides that, I know nothing, so I'm going in blind. Yeah, and I know nothing beyond the pilot of it. So this will be cool. a neat journey for both of us. Yeah, and you said it was about 12 episodes? Yeah, it's 12, 12 episodes, 13, and it's on... Yeah, I think it's 12, and it's on Crunchyroll. Cool. Mm-hmm. So pretty easy to get to. to. There you go. Uh, if you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Whatnots Review Show. New episodes come out every Wednesday. However, if you want to get your hands, your grubby little mitts on these episodes early, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the whatnots for just a single... Did I say that right? Patreon.com slash the whatnots. Sounds right right. to me. Cool. Uh, I I just had... I was like, whoa, wait a minute. You fucked that up, but I... I, I guess not. Uh, but you can support us there for just a single dollar, and you will get epis- you will get access to all of our shows early. Uh, we mentioned at the start of the show, or I guess at our like spoiler alert section, we mm-hmm. are at the end of April, start of uh, no, nope. end of back. March. I yep. fucked that one up. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of March start of april we are no longer going to be live streaming these we normally have live streamed the these uh every sunday at noon i'm that's the same time we're going to keep recording these but now you can get the live streams only if you are a patron yeah. uh, so again patreon.com slash the whatnots and you can support us for a single dollar uh and you can you can get the live streams you can get these episodes early so on and so forth we are quietly working on bulking up that patreon exactly uh speaking of that i have two more episodes of the x thing okay first patron only exclusive episode i think this is the first time we're actually announcing what we're doing uh surprise everyone right 
pretty soon here in the next couple weeks, uh, we're going to have our first patron-only exclusive episode of the Whatnots Review Show. It'll be similar but different Yeah, we're at doing the same the basic- time review show format but it's just on uh more curated more specific things things that are uh less easy to communicate to you across the normal podcast format where we're like we're watching this movie season one of this first two volumes of this graphic novel yep we want it to be like kind of odder combinations of things if we would like to do them and we are starting with four one-shot monster of the week episodes of x-files which are all by the same writer there you go uh, if you guys want more information about that, you can hit us up on Twitter at the yeah. whatnots, or you can just subscribe to our patron, our Patreon, and uh, we will let you know all the information uh, when you guys do all all all, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. That being said, Melissa, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. Come see pictures of this cake and other desserts I'm working on. There you go. I'm at Yo Kyle Springer on both Twitter and Instagram. You can also find me blogging at Kyle's Room. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it's like, I, I don't know how that all that stuff gets up there, but it's right. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I did go to the store today. I did drink that smoothie. <laughs> yeah, I did have a smoothie today, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, so you, you can find me at Yo Kyle, Sp- Kyle Springer uh, mm-hmm. on Twitter and Instagram. Again, updates for this podcast or any of our other shows at The Whatnots on Twitter. We will see you next week with Mob Cycle 100. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Season one of Mob Psycho 100. We will see you guys then. Adios. Bye.